Yo, what is good? It is good to be back on this Thursday or whenever the hell you're listening to it. Lefko Ingber at the side. How you I'm feeling? I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. Uh, as you see in the description, Julian Edelman, Super Bowl MVP, will be joining me for about 26 minutes. Of the great New England Patriots. Okay. Six-time Super I just mentioned six-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl Patriots. He has a uh, documentary coming out on Showtime Friday night called 100% about Julian Edelman. Uh, we dive into that. And then after the interview, I'm going to kind of explain a little bit of... My take on discussing his suspension with him, because I kind of want to just clarify some things, but uh, we do need to get to my pool dunk rankings. Um, and <laughs> I, I like that you're like, we have a very important interview coming up, but first, pool dunk rankings. Okay, let's, let's be the real here. And then also uh, an update on the 33 days of eating like a homie. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, though, I want to say thank you to all of the people that were on my personal Instagram, at Adam Lefko, showing me a lot of love. Uh, for my outfit at the NBA Awards, which Makeup by Woody on Instagram is the one that hooked it up. The jacket was unbelievable. It's a pretty sick jacket. It felt really good. It was one of those things, too, where when you walk into the NBA Awards and you're like, there's Bill Russell. Mm. Oh, man, there's Giannis Antetokounmpo. And they're all looking at you and they're like, nice jacket. It's a great fucking feeling. Who was the most famous person you peed next to over the weekend? Ooh. I didn't really go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> well, three days? I was like, I was, man, it sucked because I really wanted to see Samuel L. Jackson, but I feel like he came in the back and only did his award and then left. Mm. Um, like Hassan Minaj was like right over there, but yeah, the NBA awards are weird. I've never been to like an award show before. I've never been in that energy before where it's like you're watching a television broadcast and now nobody wants to be in their seats anymore. It's, it's really weird. I was thinking about this because with like the Oscars, no matter how famous you are, Tom Hanks is still unbelievably humbled to receive an Oscar, yes. right? No matter how great Tom Hanks is. Yes. But like Draymond Green, you give him like defensive player of the year or whatever some year. He's still like, I'm still Draymond Green. Like I got my <laughs> accolades because I made my millions and I won a yes. championship. Like I've already got my thing. So it's weird to be in a room where it's like this is a really important award show and all the NBA guys are like I already made my money like you know the other thing that I've realized is when you wear an interesting jacket and you're white everyone just says Craig Sager mm. like that's what happens that you just walk by and they're like wait to honor Sager and I was like Man, I love Craig Sager, like legend, like incredible human what he brought was amazing and I and I just started being like you're what yeah man totally you do wear cool jackets, but I've never thought that they were Sager-like jackets. No, that one was kind of Sager-ish. Though. Yeah, it was a little garish, but I, I've never felt like you were trying to do a Sager. You're just you just like cool, kind of bright colors. And... So what's really funny is my fiance like does like some modeling and stuff like that. Humble and brag. What's f- no? It's just facts. <laughs> but what's really funny is, is we went to the red carpet. And we wanted to get there early because we wanted the photographers to like still have energy and all that stuff. And she went out there and. The cameras were going ape shit, like, turn, turn, over here, over here, blah, blah, blah. And we were laughing, like, today, I was like, do you think they, that they thought you were a WNBA player? Mm. Like, 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 or, because she has, like, some star qualities to her. Like, I'm not going to, like, she's the shit. But I went out there, and they were like, oh, he must be with her. And I was like, yo, can I get some more photos, please? And she was laughing about it. It was so funny. They're like, oh, and here's the guy with her. And they had those really loud camera shutter noises, so oh, you could yeah. tell how many cameras were being going off. Oh, they couldn't hear anything when she up. And when I, when I went up there, one of them was like, Adam, I'll take one. And I was like, golly. <laughs> but it was, it was a really fun experience. It was really cool. Um, 
man. And then I walk in and the DJ goes, yo, Adam Lefko's in the building. Check out the podcast. And I was oh, like, nice. holy shit, the 33% is growing. Let's fucking go. Once you've infiltrated the DJs, it's all over. Man. Um, all right. 33 days of eating like a homie. I want to say that we're down to two people. And I don't know who to give it to because each of these people fucking crushed. Mm-hmm. First one on Titter, Twitter, man, that was a Freudian that was a slip. Combination of Tinder and Twitter, <laughs> which would this be an interesting hit, app. This guy hit me up on Tinder and said, listen, shine underscore slime, my man, has been constantly updating me throughout this entire process. In 33 days, he lost 25 pounds. Dude. And I just want to say, of all the people, and we've had Dozens of people sending me in photos. This guy looks like a dude that would really enjoy training with Travel Gaines. Yeah. We're talking about throwing on the weights on the back, doing the dips. Like, this guy's grinding. And he keep, he's, like, shooting his shot all the time, like, Travel Gaines, I'm coming for you. So um, he's one of the guys. The other one on Instagram, his account name is Levo, L-E-E-V, and then I think it's the number zero. His messaging was he was up to 320 pounds. We say we're doing the 33 days into being a homie. Literally, his wedding was 33 days later. Oh, wow. Down to 295. Mazel tov. So he lost like 25 pounds as well, all for his wedding. I have these two guys. One of these is an absolute mauler. The other guy is like the story that hits you in the heartstrings. To all the other homies, by the way... I am super proud of you guys. I hope you're looking around your life right now and you're like, him. Hey, I feel good. I know Lefko didn't say my name, but I feel really fucking good right but now. But he read your tweet. Yeah. Oh, I read all of them. He I have them all, all saved. I have them in a doc. And if I didn't respond and tell you a way to kick ass, I apologize. I'll get to it. But those two, I'm going to talk to Travel. I'm going to see kind of what we can make happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll take both. I will talk to him. We'll figure it out. I literally am figuring this out on the fly. But those two, shine underscore slime, way to go. Levo, way to fucking go. Proud of you, homies. Way to eat like a homie. And to all the other people that said, thank you for doing this and whatever, man, thank you for sending that to me because you're part of the reason that I was able to eat a little bit cleaner Mm -hmm. because I'd be sitting there going, man, I would love a calzone right now. (laughs) And then I'd read a DM that's like, down six pounds in this like the last two weeks. I'm like, I'm getting spinach. And can I make a a shout out to those guys out there that didn't lose the weight but are maintaining the weight? Yeah. Respect to those guys. Respect. Okay? Because like I didn't lose weight in the month of June. I was trying to lose a pound or two. I'm at the exact same weight that I was on June 1st. But you know what? That's hard to do sometimes, too. Because you didn't gain any. I didn't gain any. No doubt. I ate like an asshole this weekend. Because <laughs> after my wedding on Saturday that I ordained, I was like, oh, no, now I'm going to go. But I'm going to get back on it. Shout out to the maintainers. I agree. Okay, so you've looked over my pool rankings. Yes. Um, apparently our pool rankings are a little bit more legitimate now, too. Uh, like a pool float there, blowing up. Just, I just came up with that on the spot. Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, there was a, an article written on 247 Sports. I assume that's 247 Sports. Yes. Uh, this guy is is actually, like, quoting the criteria for what goes into a pool Producer dunk ranking. Producer David Ingber <laughs> even had four criteria. 
I, 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 you know, I can't believe somebody wrote an article about the pool rankings. I just couldn't believe I got name checked in it because I have a Google alert just because I like to know if. Do you any, really? Yeah, you have a Google alert for your own name just in case there's some shit that you need to combat. And it just popped up. It popped up in my email box. It was like, oh, something about David. Ingber. I assumed it was Rabbi David Ingber, who's a lot more famous than yeah. I am. But uh, no, it was. Uh, it said David Ingber. That's something about pool rankings. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to go check this out. And sure enough, this guy John Newby did Thank a full you, on Newby. breakdown. Like this was like the Zabruder film broke everything down about the pool rankings and what we're thinking about and, and why Derek, Derek Carr, Carr should be number one. one. He included a great tweet of Derek Carr like just jaying up in his dog's eye, which was really funny and hitting a, a yes. jump shot. And then David Carr, Derek's brother, mm-hmm. retweeted our tweet and said, these rankings are right. I saw Derek recently jump out and do a between the legs. Like these rankings are being done solely because rankings are ridiculous (laughs) and like who cares where quarterbacks are ranked in terms of their pool (laughs) rankings it's just fun thing to talk about right and it's starting to become a thing thing and, the and more, it's cracking me up. The more people get mad at you, the oh. more you just want to make more. People are like, you're an idiot. Mariota would suck at pool dunks. It's clear that Cam Newton would be a much better dunker than Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Smaller guys have an advantage. They're like, that's actually a fair criticism. Yeah, once you come back at them, they're like, oh, actually, he's thought about this. Hmm. There's it been, is. There's it been is. some thought put into this. All right, so what do you what do you have about my rankings? I just wanted to put a scenario in front of you. I love scenarios. Okay, because if we're going to decide what's the scenario, <laughs> so if we're going to decide who the best pool dunk uh, pool dunker is, we would need to have a pool dunk contest, which means we would have to throw the best pool party in the history of the world, right? With yeah. all 32 starting QBs. Man. I'm just trying to come up with the scenario sure. in my head. Sure. And you know how it is at any given pool party. Some of the older guys don't necessarily want to get in the pool. Some right. guys are like on the phone the whole time. Yeah. So I actually started factoring that in. I started thinking like, Tom Brady might just be like, you know what? I just don't feel like That's pool dunking part of the today. reason he was lower on my list. And uh, Joe Aaron, Flacco is not getting amped to jump in the pool. Aaron Rodgers also struck me as as the sort of guy that's like, you know what? I got, I, I have a lot of phone calls to make. I, I have very important meetings. I think I had Aaron in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out and, there. It's like the sorts of guys that but I to, don't think... to your situational like like thing, I thought Aaron was the guy that you think isn't going to do anything mm. and out of nowhere takes the shirt off and does an impressive one and then gets out of the pool and puts his shirt back on. So I had He's Andrew a one-timer. Luck. I had Andrew Luck as my guy that would do that. Really? I just feel like Andrew... You know, Andrew Luck's like... Uh, you know, he's talking to his Stanford buddies over by the guacamole, and they're like, oh, he's not getting get in the pool. That's fine. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, we're doing pool dunks? Rips off the shirt, <laughs> does a 360 through the legs, you know, Vince Carter 2000, and, yeah. uh, and then just pops right back up. And he's like, so anyway, you were saying about yes. uh, Keats? I don't know. <laughs> Keats? Uh, what, what was your follow-up, though, with like this hypothetical pool party, though? Oh, I just liked thinking about it as oh, another yeah. way of... of it's another way into describing who would be the best pool dunker as opposed to who would be the best showman. Like, again, I, you know, I stand for Josh Allen. Yes. As just like a great showman. Yes. Great jumper. Uh, loves to show off his physical gifts. Feels like a guy that would, that would rise to the occasion with a big crowd around the edge of the pool. July 4th is weird this year because it's like a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it is. It's going to be next week. So I think, I think kind of heading into next week... I think the ranking I want to do is July 4th Grill Masters. That's great. Heading into that week. Um, so I think next week's ranking will be who is the best quarterback to man the grill for your July 4th party. Yeah. Because now the last few ones have been a little athletic. This now actually favors the old guys. Right. 
I go on on Instagram or Twitter and I see Drew Brees had like some pork shoulder and was roasting it for about eight eight hours. I'm sorry, no one under the age of 27 can be considered a grill master. You just need reps. You got to get your 10,000 hours in. I would say this actually benefits the older guys. Right. Philip Rivers likely up there. Oh yeah, because every time he makes burgers for the family, he makes 25 burgers. There, there is a supply. Practice. Yes. Getting his reps in. Brady, I don't know though. Not the guy I want man in the grill. He He's the guy you want if you're having portobello mushrooms. He's doing, you know, a tofurger. <laughs> you know what I mean? He might give you the impossible burger, though. Hey. Which would be pretty cool. We love the impossible burger. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Like, Andrew Luck would be the guy that actually has a meat thermometer. <laughs> and is, like, very particular. <laughs> yep. It's actually a 40% chuck, 40%, like, shoulder, 20% pork blend. <laughs> oh, I, I read about this on uh, Martha Stewart's blog. Carson Wentz is actually serving you steaks that he hunted the animal earlier that day. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be a little freshness factor yeah. with him. Yeah. Mahomes, I would say it's going to be a little bit Casey barbecue. You know what I mean? Like there's also a regionality to this. Right. Where, where you're from, you know, Cam Newton, he's vegan and he's dealing with Carolina. Not a huge fan of those dynamics. Right but there's there. that Southern hospitality. If you're going to factor in location, right? If, if you're in Carolina, they're going to take care of you at a barbecue. But this is the thing. Are we just doing the grill master? Because like, I don't want Drew Brees bringing the coleslaw, but he might be able to flipping some hot dogs. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's right. a lot to think about. You've, you clearly put more thought into this than I am. I, I literally just thought about it dunks. right now. <laughs> like I'm going through it as we speak. You're on the fly. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like older guys that would do well. Eli's interesting, but he might drool on your burgers because his mouth's going to be agape the entire time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all lot, right. A lot to consider. A lot to consider. Uh, now is an interview with Julian Edelman. Uh, as you're going to see, Julian has been on a wild press tour the last few days. The car wash, as we he say. He was on Good Morning America. He was on Stephen Colbert. What's interesting about these guys are he is a Super Bowl MVP that has a documentary coming out Friday. And we even said this at the end. He's like, man, like he said, I appreciate what you were doing. He was because I keep getting asked the same fucking questions. You know what I mean? Of course. And, uh, so I appreciate him coming in here doing 26 minutes. I asked him about, you know, what was the, f- did, did Belichick ever make you laugh? When did you know that Tom Brady was crazy? You called him the greatest Jewish athletes in Sandy Koufax. And that he was... dig that. He dug that. He was into it. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I don't want to accept that. And I was like, no, just fucking take it. You said that to me, you know, before he came in. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's a bold statement. Then I started thinking about it. Like, yeah, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. How do you top that? Yeah. So I hope you guys like it. And then afterwards, I kind of want to talk about the suspension. So stick around. But in the meantime, here is Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman. I see a little finger tap. I had it at about nine to one that you might freestyle. I feel like you're a possible freestyle guy. Hey, hey. Trying to hit the beep and trying for a couple weeks. Hey. No, do it. Julian Edelman in the house, Super Bowl MVP. Appreciate you coming through, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm realizing you're May 22nd, 1986. I'm May 8th, 1986. I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. We both had growth spurts our junior year of high school. I feel a little bit of kinship to you. And I realized I did some research. I think I have found the song that 
would have been your walkout song about a decade ago. Can I play it let's for you? It. Do you let's know Nardwaradar at all? Let's, yeah. Let's okay. I think this is it. I feel like this was the one for you, especially this part. Yes. Because I'm looking. So your nickname used to be Jewel's Santana. A lot of guys used to call me Jewel's. Nice. In college, college, mostly college, uh, Juco a little bit. Um, so yeah, Jewel's because that's when he was. Oh, he was dude, hot. he was popping. You hot. you get there in 2006. That song drops 2005. I'm like, that had to be his walkout song for a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, it it's so far back now. Really? That like. Dude, you've lived so many lifetimes at this point. Without it, and and I don't. You, you have so much going on in your life, and you had so many crazy memories. Yeah, that you're like, when someone brings something like that up, you're like, holy, yeah, that probably was my stuff. Your documentary comes out Friday night, Showtime, one hundred percent. By the way, great job to lock in that title. Also, how was that title not taken before you? You right? I, I, I yeah, right. I I don't know. Um, we were thinking about titles, and like halfway through all the shooting, all I said was like a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. And so, you know, we kind of we fell into, it and then also it, with the parallels of always striving for that hundred percent, sure. not always being at that hundred percent. Um, it it fit perfect. We felt when you watch it all back. And I'm sure you've watched it so many times. So many times. That, when I did a documentary when I lived in Louisville, and by the 1,000th time, you don't even want to see it anymore. And you think it sucks. Right, because you see all the holes. <laughs> Everything. And you're like, oh, I was at that shoot. We could have gotten that other angle. We missed that one moment. Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, it's... it's. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I really I, did. I did. I did. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But, like, you're never done until mm. it literally airs. You're just Are like, you nervous? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You I don't know think I mean? you should be nervous. I thought it came out really well. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, plus that. you won the Super Bowl, so you gave yourself, and you won the MVP, so it gave yourself this incredible ending, too. It it, it was a good ending. Yeah. It was definitely a good ending, uh, you know, and uh, it's uh, I'm, pr I'm proud of it, but I mean, of course, it's, you know, this is like our first... Uh, big, big little documentary. Coast, yeah, Coast right? Productions. First documentary to launch it and uh, partner with Showtime, which is an unbelievable partnership. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, you wanted to do well, you know? Yeah. It's like playing a game. I, Burger Time was the first time that I ever saw you do stuff on camera with Chandler Jones. And I remember going, Oh, this guy wants to be an actor. Like I, I could tell. And then the smoothie times and all the videos. Are you really like sitting in a room coming up with content ideas? Because I imagine that most fans think you're in there studying the playbook. But like, I know that you have this other passion. It's evident. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of downtime in the off season, and uh, you know, you, you train from, you know. 8 a.m. till 1 o'clock yeah. and you know earlier in those years I didn't have a kid and we were sit back you get bored you you weren't really doing anything else and uh you just come up with ideas your passions and uh things that you were interested in and try to put a little twist to them and and my uh you know my brainstorm partner Saf he's he's my partner in Coast Productions you know we got a cool relationship where I can spit out an idea to him and 
he can make it go or mm. he could give me an idea and I, I could tweak it or this, that, and anything that kind of like makes me comfortable. He's good at adjusting on the fly with that. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's been fun. Uh, and we originally started doing it just because, you know, in New England, uh, you know, when it's work, it's work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to work media, it's work media. Um, this was kind of a way for you to kind of get out and, and show people uh, your, your little bit of your personality and, and a way to kind of communicate with fans. Uh, I, you know I, I mean? had drinks with Amendola after the Final Four because Texas Tech was down yeah. there. And I was like, man, you're a fucking lunatic. And um, and then I see when you guys went to Mexico City and what you guys did and, and kind of the fun you brought to that. When you hear like the Lane Johnsons go, they don't have fun in New England. And New England fans get very, like, defensive. They're like, leave us the fuck alone. For someone that has fun in New England, what's yeah. it like to hear that? Well, I mean, it's, it's there's work and then there's play. Mm. Um, I think that's in any profession. There's, you know, there's, there's things that aren't the funnest things that are tedious, that you have to constantly work, you have to constantly sharpen. Uh, you know, we, we do have a high-stress environment because we have a standard. And, uh, and you got Bill. <laughs> coach Bro. Bro. and coach he's 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 a the thing is when you see your leader act the way he wants you to act or actually work his heart like right. this guy doesn't take a, a down play year day, day week off i mean it's it's un, it's incredible his to vacations see vacations are just working in a nicer climate you know without a doubt has he ever made you laugh uh, off the top of my head, no, but I know he has. I mean, he's made me laugh. He, he's got a he's got a dry sense of humor, and yeah. uh, you know he, he'll he'll bust out with something here and there that'll make you giggle. But like, I early, like your Belichick impersonation. <laughs> everyone's been making me try to do this, and I'm running out of lines. I don't even know what to well, say. My thing is, of all the guys on the team, if anyone's going to have the confidence to actually go to Belichick and kind of, to me, it's you. People would say no, Gronk, but no. I feel like you would kind of go up there and be like, "Hey, man, I really dig the sweatshirt today, bro." Well, I do, I do do those kind of yeah. things. Uh, I would, I, I don't do the the impersonation in, in front of him. Uh, if he came up to you this off season in training camp and said, Julian, I hear you've been going around doing the impersonation, do it in front of the team. Would you be nervous to do it in front of him? Like, would it scare you a little bit? Not, not if I got his blessing. Oh, so if he told you it's okay, it's fine. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like dad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he says it, we're good. But that's uh, awesome. You know, he, he's, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy relationship because as much as like when you're when you're there for I've been there for a while and for the first part of my career we didn't we didn't speak much but the times he did speak to you it was like the heavens opened up and like I don't know if he does it on purpose which I'm convinced he probably does it's all planned it you know he it it makes like he he can not even really talk to you and but he can talk about the unit and then it'll make you work hard. Mm. And then the one time that he does say something like that's like what it was? makes your makes your week. What was? Do you remember the first one? Uh, I think uh, you know there was like a play in like my rookie mini camp or something where you know I, I got off a release or I, I did something that the coach asked us or he said in a prior meeting like we need to do this. Mm. 
like a, it could have been a stick technique or a whip technique. And you nailed it. And I, you know, I, I was, I just tried to do what he said and he, you know, he said, this is what we need to do. You know, this is how you, good job, you know, and, and wow. you know, that was like, and it still is even to this day. I mean, cause no one's off limits. I mean, you know, he, he's still going to, if you don't do something right, he's going to let you know. Um, Foxborough high school can do this better than you can. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I've, I mean, we've, we've heard it and. You know, I think that's what makes him a great leader is that um, he, make, he makes everyone and he puts everyone and makes them all accountable. I'm watching the doc and I see you lead the team out for the Super Bowl. Is that something that just happened? Did you get appointed that? Was no, there a conversation? No. We all run out together. I'm, I know, yeah, I know. We all run but, out together. But here I am watching this guy that's fought back from the ACL, the four-game suspension, and then you're the one leading out with all of your fucking energy and the stadium going nuts and the flags, like, to your left and right. Like, did I know you guys all run together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were in the front. I, I've been doing, you know, I, I, I've got a thing where, you know, I always let Brady go. Okay. And you give him, like, a little, <laughs> you know. 10, 20, 30 yard, because he just trots. He does, yeah, yeah. You know, he trots out Steady there. trot. Steady trot. And I like, to, I like to gear it up. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I saw Jerry Rice, and when he came out of the stadium, and he would come out, give the low high fives, and then he would go back and forth and get the crowd involved. And I, so, I don't know, I kind of, not too original, but I'd run down and, and sprint and get to the crowd and give an arm pump and a oh, let's man. go and a couple F-bombs here and there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's just kind of something that gets me going, gets me mentally right. And, and, you know, I've been doing it for a while now. It's funny. From the doc, I saw you more of a Dion guy than a Jerry guy. Because you're, rock, you're rocking the 21 with the 49ers jersey. I'm like, if he had a bandana under that helmet, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't think you were allowed to have him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah could have um, got you in trouble. Could have got in trouble. Pops but... wasn't going to allow it anyway. <laughs> he was actually cool with that kind of stuff when it came to, like, you know, I always wanted to be swagged out with the red Nike cleats, the wristbands, 21. I mean, I think, you know, Prime in in those days and and even now, he was just such a a trendsetter. He was like, he's like, he was the Odell Beckham of this this time and age, you know what I mean? Everyone just loved him. And he was, you know, just a swag fool. He was against the grain here and there, but ultimately he was the best at what he did. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And and I loved him, and he played. He only played the Niners for like one year. It was a hell of a year. It was a hell of a year. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Tom Brady, your guys' relationship is is pretty cool to watch because, you know, we see him chugging the beer now, and and every story about Tom, it's it's like he's got to be perfect. He's got to do it right. And when you get into that trust tree. It's got to be like such a great feeling because I don't feel like it opens up to a lot of people. Now you guys are at this moment where like you're going to be like lifetime best friends and all that stuff. Yeah. What did you what did you not know about him that you only learned once you got into that trust tree? Um you know, you always speculated how hard he worked and obviously and and all those things. But I, the constant attention to trying to improve even if it's bringing in you know like a quarterback coach in week 16 Mm. just to work a couple fundamentals just to feel confident like all those feeling right things and and not being too big to have the quarterback coach or not being too big to to ask an opinion from this you know what i mean yeah just using 
his ability to to work with people and and to constantly sharpen his his sword is 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 ridiculous and you know that's something you speculate but when you see it it's uh it's something you learn from and it's something that trickles down because you know he's been doing it for so long and he's been doing it for so long at the highest level that uh you know if you want to do something at a high level you might as well be in his back pocket and look what do you, you know what i mean damn yeah his humility is what's crazy his willingness to get shit on by Belichick and still go out there every day and keep going. And and another thing is 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 how nice of a guy. Like he's a sweet person. Mm. It's funny. Like I'll bust his balls and 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 get on him. And he's just you know he'll try to give it back. He'll give he'll get me back. But you know he's just a loving dude. Like, yeah. When you see him with his family and and his mom and dad, his kids, his wife. Uh, you know he's just he's a real good. He's a good good. He's a good dude. You, Welker, Randy Moss, Gronk. Do you think that you're his favorite? I, I he's always done a great job to damn to make everyone feel pretty important. Yeah, but like, come on, in your heart, <laughs> in your heart. I think you're his favorite. Nah, you know, you know, because I was there when I wasn't. Because I fuck with Welker too. Yeah, I like, was. I, I was there when it, when Wes was Wessie, and yeah, <laughs> they had the the little connection, and you know, I was the rookie in the back. Freaking hating it because with that long ass hair, bro. Long hair, and uh, you know, and with Randy, I mean, he had a oh. he, he had a special relationship with all his guys. Dion, love Dion. Dion I mean, Brand, sure. You know what I mean? And, and and I think that's part of his leadership skills and, and how he is as a as a leader. You know, yeah. He, just, he makes makes you want to work hard for him. Who who do you think retires first, you or Brady? <laughs> I hope I don't. <laughs> I hope I don't. But with him, you don't know, you, man. Honestly, hey, I'm just worried about this year and and uh, you know, getting getting ready and getting amped up for you know training camp and getting back into the swing of things. You know, sometimes it's it's the best when it's football season because then you can say no to things and you get oh, to, man. <laughs> you know, what I mean, and you you you're balancing outside life with you know training and doing all these things. You know, it's 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 nice when it's that time. I've always said on this show that the most famous players in the league, the Odells, the Bradys, the J.J. Watts, the ones that when they don't have a helmet on, everybody knows who they are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people have been applauding Juju as this young guy that's adopting to social media. He's got his own YouTube channel and all that. Man, you were doing this shit like 10 years ago. (laughs) Burger time, smoothie time, like these random ass YouTube videos and all that. And... I always hear from NFL athletes about how hard it is to adjust when it's over because that's your identity for so long. But I feel like you've been able to maintain that other identity. And I'm just curious, like how in a place where it's focus on one singular task, has it been a release for you to kind of have this other thing that maintaining who Julian Edelman is? I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. It's a way for you to kind of get away. Um, But also, focus on something because you know naturally you want to be engaged yeah as at least i do i like to be engaged and i like to compete and i like to work on something and 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 have a goal and then you know try to attain that goal and, yeah. and go through the you know editing this that, that you know all with that so um i i think i could agree with that uh it, it's it's an it's an outlet to kind of go out and you know, everyone's got something they would like doing off off the field, um, and and this has developed into you know becoming a passion. 
Uh, so because you are Jewish, I believe it is fair to say that you are the best Jewish athlete that we've seen since Sandy Koufax. Think about that. You're a Super Bowl MVP. He's a Cy Young. We've had like Sean Green and stuff. Yeah. That's we don't see a lot of Jewish athletes doing what you're doing, man. Hey, yeah. Uh, anytime you're in the same sentence with a guy like Koufax, that's, isn't that uh, kind of crazy? That's ridiculous. It really is. Uh, you know, and and we, we could talk more about that when I'm out because uh, you know it just legacy feels, and all yeah, that you stuff. Know, you, you don't. It feels weird to even talk about place and time mm. and and future of this that. Sure. Uh, especially with the way, like, you know, I've been wired with playing in New England with oh, how my yeah. father is. And... But, like, dude, I'm watching you online go on birthright. Like, yeah. I went on birthright. And, like, I'm seeing you, like, walking through, the, like, the marketplace and doing, like, m like, on top of the mountain and all that shit. And I read this book last year called Tough Jews, which was about how people don't realize the New York gangs were started by Jews and they passed it on to Italians. And the last chapter is from the author going, I never grew up thinking about Jews like that. All I ever grew up was thinking about they were kind of like a weaker people that were always taken advantage of throughout history. And to actually learn that they were the mobsters in New York, they were the first like Arnold Rothstein and all yeah. this shit. It actually kind of lightened the burden for me because it was like I knew that I was a badass motherfucker. I just thought I was the outlier. And I wonder with you how many young Jewish kids are actually like, I can play football. Like, I really think about that sometimes. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Uh, no, nah, not really. You know, not as much. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you go out there and, and you hear these kind of questions and you, you almost have, it's almost, you know, it, it's part of your life now. Yeah. But yeah. It, when you're in it, it's it's different. Man, you got that singular focus like it, it's hardcore. And it and it's been getting out of control just with like this whole media tour of where you hear all this stuff. Yes. And then like, you know, this, that. Um you know, when when you have when you have a goal and when you have uh a process of what you want to do, um, you know, selfishly you, you try to only focus on that. Now mm. you want to open up and I do a lot of things that, you know, help other people and, sure. and help my people and, and, and try to inspire. Cause uh, I'm like you, man, I'm Jewish. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm not someone that like goes to like Shabbat dinners and all that stuff, yeah. but I grew up in a reform, you know, synagogue, but it's like just representation for anybody is so big. You yeah. Know what I mean? Without a doubt. And, and I just got back from Israel two days ago. Oh, you the Robert Kraft trip. I met him out there nice. and uh, went and supported Mr. Kraft. We were getting the Genesis Prize, which was an amazing awesome. event. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then I just chilled out in, in Tel Aviv. And Yo, Tel Aviv is an underrated party city in this world that nobody knows about. <laughs> it's an awesome city. Awesome. It's, it's That's a good laugh to sum that up. It's a, it's, a, it's a great city, great food, great people. You, uh, you were talking about the exhausting part of this like process. Yeah. And I know it has to be dealing with the suspension. And yeah. I think you, what you showed in your documentary, not talking to your dad for 81 days. I have members of my family that don't talk to each other. And it's because of something that happened and it's emotional. He comes back. He helps train you during those four weeks. What's interesting is I watched your documentary. I really enjoyed it. So much of your doc documentary is you having to take the long way, right? Yeah. You have to go to like Jews. 
hey, there you go. All comes back. But you have to go to JUCO. You have to go in as a quarterback to convince people that you're a wide receiver. It's always the long way. And in the part where you're talking about your suspension, you're almost dealing with people saying that you've taken a shortcut. It's like the first time in your life where people are saying you have a shortcut. What was that like to personally deal with? Just you've always gone the long way and now they're saying shortcut. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I've been dealing with someone saying something Mm. my whole life. So I've had to go back and, you know, you, how did I get from here to here? Well, you know, I just worried about things that I could control. Did something happen? Something happened. What happened? Oh, there's an obstacle. What are you doing? Uh, well, you're you're trying to get to here. So at this day, let's focus on everything that's going to help me get here. Even if something, you know what I mean? It, it's just moving forward. It's 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 trying to have that that laser focus on what you're trying to do. And yeah. um, you know, things happen. Uh, that's life. And 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 that's what that's what's cool about this documentary. It's it's not just a a, a sports doc. It's it's a, it's like a life story of how. You know, someone in a workforce that just so happens to be football uh, deals with uh, his family, um, not being where he wants to be, going through a piece of adversity, having, a, you know, another piece of adversity hit him up, and then all of a sudden trying to manage all those things and ultimately get back to where he wanted to be. Yeah. And, um, you know... The, we lucked into a lot of this, you know, this whole storyline. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's been crazy. But, uh, you know, that's life. And, and life's like that. And I, I've been telling people, you know, after, you know, in 2012, uh, I'm on my first contract. Uh, have, I'm having a good year. I'm starting to get a lot of clock, a lot of burn. Had yeah. a great off season. You know, I'm getting some time. All of a sudden, boom, break a hand. All right, out three games, you know heal up, come back. All of a sudden, you know, I come back, balling out for three weeks, have a bunch of touchdowns, team's doing well, I'm I'm involved, I'm contributing, boom, break a foot. Mm. End of my contract year, you know, something happened. I look back on that year, when that year was done, I was like, man, this is the the hardest year of my life. I mean, just the timing didn't work out, this didn't work out, that didn't work out. So what what did I do? I got back on the horse. You worried about what you could control. You worried about things that didn't waste your time or burn your energy for the bad, but the things that could help you get to where you want to go. And then, you know, I played out a year on a one-year deal. Had a, a good year. The team didn't do as good as we wanted to, but, you know, ended up getting another contract. You know what I mean? And then and it all worked itself out. You know, when when I when I've kind of, you know, brought my, my, my helmet and, you know, lunch pail to work and, and worried about, you know, the goals I've had for that day or, or what I wanted to do that day to improve myself even only 1% better than I was the day before. Um, it, it's always led me into the, you know, the areas that I've wanted to go. Yeah. I think I'll, I want to end on this one. My my audience, we call they call themselves the 33%. And the way we've kind of been going this off season is we've had some people say some shit that has been like things they can take with them like tools. And you're a kind of person that 
can get up at five o'clock in the morning, can push themselves to where it really fucking hurts and wants to do it again the next day. And I think that a lot of people want to do that to themselves and they, they see it and they want to do it, but for some reason they fucking can't or they stay in bed too long or they hit snooze on the alarm. And I'm curious, like, what is one thing that you could pass along to them that when you wake up in the morning is you're not worried about fucking snooze, you're getting right out and you're doing like, what is something that they could take a tool to help with that? You know, my, my dad always told me, you know, he goes, you know, life is hard, but it's simple. You know what you have to do. You know you have to condition today. You know you have to work out. Now, do you always do it? No, that's hard. But it's still simple. Mm. If you know what you have to do, you're going to, and you go out and do it and you improve, you're going to see progression. No doubt. You know, that, that's one of the things, uh, you know, and it's also working smart and, and knowing what you're working hard for. A lot of people can just go out and work hard and not know what they're working hard for. You know, that's why you got to use, you know, people in your life or a coach or, or uh, you know, someone who's a mentor or a business partner or this, that. You got to find out what you need to work hard at. And if you work hard at that. Yeah. I mean, you're naturally going to improve in some sort of way. No doubt. Yeah. All right, play that music, and we'll see if Julian's going to freestyle. <laughs> Julian Element, Super Bowl MVP, back again. Hey, hey, the one beat. to the one can do it again. We got Julian Edelman is now all friend because he can catch the ball from Brady across the middle. We got Gronk stopping. Hey, diddle, diddle. Hit it in the flat. Take it out back. He can throw the ball and blow at your back. And a cornerback. <laughs> hey. All right, I'll have it. I'm out of here about Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Ron. All right, bro. All right, All right man. Thank you again to uh, Mr. Edelman for coming on and sharing some time. Uh, as I was saying before, the man is on a press circuit right now promoting his documentary 100% that comes out Friday. And... I could tell after a while that it can it can get to him. It gets exhausting, you know what I mean? But the one thing that I wanted to address is I'm seeing this in other media outlets, this notion that it is my responsibility to be the Barbara Walters and really press Edelman on the suspension and what happened with the performance-enhancing drugs and, and what he took. And I've thought about it a lot. And what I've realized is that's not who the fuck I am. And I'm not even making an excuse. I'm just telling you a fact. I am not someone that is going to judge people. I call this the Players Podcast because I want to get to know who these guys are as people. And I want you guys to get to know them too. And I'm a liquor drinking, weed smoking. A lot of my friends are degenerates. And for me to kind of hold myself to this standard as though I am the judge and the jury and that I can look across at another guy and, and I believe that I have the right to look at him and go, explain yourself to me, show contrition to me, I think is a, a pretty absurd notion uh, because I don't see myself as that kind of a guy. And I, I find it really interesting when people get up there and they, they act like holier than thou and, and that they deserve the right to know. Um, okay. I don't feel that way. I also think with, with Edelman and his situation, all of his issues are self-inflicted. So the only person that he's really hurting is himself. 
in in five years when his career is over and five years after his career is over, he'll have to deal with this stuff when he's up for the Hall of Fame Uh, for the rest of his life. He's going to have people that are going to come up to him and that are going to ask him that question when he goes to a rival stadium. People are going to yell shit at him. So for me to think that if I don't ask him, I'm letting him skate by. He's never going to have to deal with it. I just think that there are some media members right now that if you have a news show, if you are an outside the lines or you're doing something that you believe it's important to do the journalistic nature of covering the sport, then that's your platform. But in my mind... I don't believe that I live my life where I'm in a position to question somebody like that. All I know is he's gotten the suspension. He uh, is going to have to deal with this for the uh, the rest of his life, pretty much. And I kind of want to get to know who he was a people. And if, if you think that that's a cop out, then I'm happy to have you on my show to where we can talk about that. And you can explain to me how I'm supposed to run my ship. But until then, I'm going to refrain from cursing, uh, but that's not how it goes around here. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the homies. Again, shout out to the two homies that kicked the 33 days of eating like a homie out of the park, Shine underscore Slime and Levo. Uh, we're going to see if we can talk to Travel Gaines and make this whole thing possible. Uh, next week, a lot of good podcasts coming. But I wanted to kind of explain that stuff for you because, listen, man, I'm on that plane. I'm going, how do I want to talk about this with Edelman? What do I want to talk about? And really, like, I'm just a guy. I'm not, I'm not the arbiter of truth. I'm not the judge and the jury, and I'm sure as hell not Barbara Walters. So I appreciate you guys. Nick, if you want to play a little bit of music right now so I can go off and stop my rant, I'd appreciate it. But uh, shout out to you guys. Hit me up on social, whether it's at Lefko Show or at Adam Lefko. And also, do me a favor. Go on to Twitter. Go on to Instagram. Hit up Edelman. Say, man, we appreciate you coming on. I talked to him at the end about maybe doing something bigger next offseason. Maybe taking a trip. Let's see if we can make that happen. But always want to give you guys the honesty because I'm never going to front. I don't got time for that shit. Love you all very much. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And I will holla, holla, holla at you guys later.